Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good weekend to you food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. I hope that this weekend finds you healthy and safe and well and still sheltering at home for the betterment of all of us. I thank you for listening. I'm grateful you're here. Every weekend, you will continue to hear new content, new inspiration, new deliciousness, because we will get through this, all of us, together. I'm glad to have you cooking along, and I welcome you to my kitchen, because the culinary landscape is ever evolving. And on this show, you hear from chefs and TV celebrities, pastry aficionados, restaurateurs, molecular gastronomers, food bloggers, cookbook authors, wine geeks, oh, how I love them, beer experts, and more. On this show, we dish on fabulous food, wine, spirits, travel, we'll get back to that, health, and living the best life. So I hope you don't miss a conversation with me. This is where the most passionate food and wine lovers live, I believe. And so you listen, of course, because you're a food enthusiast. And I'd like to assure you, you are definitely in the right place. Now, if you happen to have missed a show or you'd like to master a topic, you can find my podcasts with outlined show descriptions on iTunes under Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. I have lots of gastronomic inspiration at chefjamie.com, and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you'll find me at Chef Jamie Gwen with weekly live cooking sessions as we continue to shelter at home and stay safe, and my daily dish, of course, which is shameless, but truly scrumptious, I will say. Coming up this hour, I am truly delighted to tell you that one of the best cooks I know is here. I have had the privilege of knowing cowboy cook Kent Rollins since 1996, in fact, when we shared uh, some kitchen time on TV. And Kent and Shannon are the popular duo behind the YouTube channel Kent Rollins Cowboy Cooking. He is truly the best, I will tell you, down-home, real, warm, wonderful cook I know, and a truly sweet man. He believes in faith, family, and the feast, and he is going to share his newest cookbook live exclusively here. Also, we are baking. Oh yes, as the baking trend continues... Angela Garbitz is stopping by. She has a beautiful bakery in her hometown of Lincoln, Nebraska, after having been French trained in New York City. And she bakes gluten-free and dairy-free and vegan. But every recipe is adaptable if you happen to be a butter lover like me. And her sweets look delectable. So stay tuned, bring your sweet tooth, grab your cast iron pan, because this hour we're going for a wild ride. I'd like to kick the hour off though with a technique, a culinary method, as I love to share edutainment, as I'm calling it lately. It's education and entertainment all in one. And so I always kick off this show with the goal of making you the best cook you know. And I would think that many of us, myself included, are savoring 
the grilled cheese sandwich of late. It's a quick fix, right? But there's something so wonderful about the ever-popular sandwich. It's a simple concept, of course, but there are wonderful ways, many of them in fact, to craft that sandwich. And so you could be in grilled cheese heaven every day, I think. It's a great go-to if the weather where you live is slightly cool and you pair it uh, with some good roasted tomato soup, or it's a quick fix for the kids for lunch, or an extraordinary late night snack, if you're like me. And so I thought I'd dish on the beauty of a grilled cheese. Now, recipes for cheese and bread, by the way, are mentioned in ancient Roman texts. And the French have been making their famous croque-mesure since the early 1900s. I happen to love culinary history. So today's notion of the grilled cheese is actually traced back to the 1920s. Uh, Don't ask me how I know this. When there was this Iowan man who was considered the father of sliced bread, he invented a bread slicer that made distributing white bread easy and affordable. Now, shortly before that, processed cheese had been patented by James L. Kraft. Thank you, Mr. Kraft. He was an entrepreneur whose revolutionary pasteurizing process ensured that cheese wouldn't spoil even when they transported it long distances. Now, in 1949, Kraft Foods introduced Kraft Singles. But it's actually interesting. The actual term grilled cheese does not make an appearance in print until the 1960s. And I'd like to say that the grilled cheese sandwich has come a long way. We have artisan bread today, uh, really beautiful, great breads. Unless, you know, you love the throwback of a good white bread. I happen to be a sourdough lover myself. We have beautiful European and artisan quality butters. And then we have cheeses galore from around the world. But since grilled cheese is one of life's simplest pleasures, I think it should be gooey on the inside and crispy on the outside. So here's the genius tip and my newest way to make a grilled cheese. Mayo spreads better than butter. Oh, yes, it does. This is crucial, by the way, especially if you're using a beautiful bread like brioche, which is so soft. And mayo has a higher smoking point, meaning it won't burn as easily. Plus, the oil and the egg in the mayonnaise brown really nicely. So you know what I'm getting at, right? Mayonnaise is so much better than butter when spread on the outside of a grilled cheese sandwich and thrown into a hot, preferably cast iron pan. Now, a couple of other tips or tricks, I should say, for the perfect grilled cheese. I say shred the cheese because grated cheese melts faster and more evenly than sliced. And I also suggest a little lower and slower than you think. Don't rush the cooking process of a grilled cheese. You want medium heat for maximum melt. And then you can always cover Cover the sandwich during the cooking process. The cheese will melt faster and more evenly. Then remove the lid and allow the exterior to get crispy before you remove it from the pan. Now for the best grilled cheese ever, I think a cast iron skillet definitely reigns supreme. But if you have an air fryer and you only have a few minutes, I have an air fryer grilled cheese sandwich recipe that pairs with a really super simple quick fix tomato soup. And I'd love to share it with you. It's the bonus recipe this week. And so if you would like my masterful grilled cheese tips 
and a simple recipe for an air fryer, grilled cheese, and a roasted tomato soup alongside, please email me, jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at chefjamie.com. Okay, it's time for food news this week. I wanted to share some really good food news, in fact, because during this COVID-19 pandemic, there are really good companies out there who are paying it forward, who are doing good work. And if you can eat well and do good, well, then why not, right? So, America's original butcher, Omaha Steaks, the fifth-generation family-owned company that's been providing all-American grain-fed beef for over 100 years, has thus far donated 100,000 servings of protein through the Feeding America network of food banks. They are providing millions of meals for families in need. And now you can stock your own fridge, but you can also help out. So with the purchase of a specially marked combo at omahasteaks.com, they will make a donation to Feeding America. And I love that. Some of their combo packs, by the way, ship for free. And they make a caramel apple tartlet for dessert that comes in those that I can personally testify to being delicious. Another company doing really good work is Coravin. You know that extraordinary system where it puts a needle into the cork. You never remove the cork of a bottle of wine. And then you pour yourself a glass. Or maybe you want to cook with a glass of wine, but you had no intention of drinking the whole bottle, right? Well, the Coravin system with smart clamps allows you to pour any wine in any amount without ever removing the cork. And so I think this is genius technology for wine lovers, and it would make a really wonderful Mother's Day gift for mom, don't you think? You can actually preserve the wine that's left in the bottle for weeks and months. They've even tested it up to years. I think it's genius. And Coravin is giving back 10% of their sales online at Coravin.com are going to the James Beard Foundation Relief Fund to help restaurant workers. And so kudos to both Omaha Steaks and Coravin. I definitely tip my hat to you for giving back, and we thank you for making a difference. So that's your shout out. Yes, in good food news this week and well-deserved. All right, coming up, you wouldn't dare touch your dial. Kent Rollins, the cowboy cook like no other, is here. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio with lots more delicious conversation right after this. Sharpen your cooking skills and please your palate. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Every once in a while, you meet someone that stays with you. Their warmth exudes from them like light and you never forget them. And that such man for me is Kent Rollins. Cowboy cook Kent Rollins is much beloved for his Western wit and wisdom and his relaxed home-cooked recipes. 
Kent and Shannon are the popular duo behind the YouTube channel Kent Rollins Cowboy Cooking and the authors of the much-lauded A Taste of Cowboy. Their newest cookbook, just released, entitled Faith, Family, and the Feast, is a celebration of the many blessings, the camaraderie, and the fabulous food that Kent has cooked on the open plain from Branson, Missouri, all the way to the Big Apple. You've seen him and loved him on the Food Network, CBS This Morning, and everywhere in between. And I am so delighted, I can't even tell you, that Kent is back with his Chuck Wagon inspiration and his undeniable Southern charm. Congratulations to you, my friend. The new book is so full of love, and I'm so excited to catch up with you again. Oh, Jamie, darling, it is my <laughs> pleasure. Thank you for taking time out of your day oh. to have us on. and. Uh, mm. It is uh, it is something that me and Shan worked hard on this new book. Yes, but it's, a, it's a love of labor, and I guess when you when you have one of them, you really don't work at all because it's something that comes from the heart you want to do. Do you know that since I met you more than twenty years ago, you've said that same thing that everything you do has been that labor of love, and it, it's so extraordinary to me that you have been able to maintain through I think the most positive outlook a really beautiful view of life and blessings. With that said, since we're all sheltering at home, please tell me how you and Shannon are. Are you healthy and safe? Is all good in Oklahoma? Everything is good as gold where we are. Good. It's, uh, as, as we think every day, it's a great day above the grass every day. Hmm. And we're blessed to have it. We never take anything for granted and uh, always glad just to have another opportunity to either share some food or share a story with somebody, but mostly mm. just to enjoy what's coming along. And, and sure, you know, it's we're a little small place that time has sort of passed by, and um, we've not really been affected by it here so much. Sure, we had a book tour that canceled, but uh, oh. we just keep on keeping on and uh, cooking something every day and enjoying life. And you're going to reschedule that book tour, I'm sure, because this book is uh, getting a lot of buzz for a lot of reasons. The stories that you share in it from all of the time on the plains, which is so extraordinary to me, we'll get to. But I have to ask you, I had no idea that Shannon was a photographer, certainly not to the, this, this level. The photographs in the book are brilliant. Well, she's... Uh... She's took so many pictures on different ranches where we were at, and uh, this is just like our first cookbook. It's totally us. We we wrote it all. We took all the pictures. Hmm. Uh, it's something that we did all on our own, and um, she always asked her, I said, what's easier to shoot, uh, cowboys or food? And she said, cowboys and scenery are a whole lot easier to shoot. But uh, a lot of them, too, Jamie, were took on an iPhone. You know, I, I knew you were going to say that, and I think it's funny, Ken, only because you just said that time sort of passed over you there. But what is she using? I know that my listeners will want to know. Oh, uh, we have a Canon EOS, but also she uses an iPhone 11 that we took a lot of those with. And, hmm. and we have an iPhone 11 Plus, and that's what we shoot all our videos with. We had a fancier camera, but uh, nothing can really just match what we got with it. It's portable. Uh, yeah. something that you can take with you nearly anywhere. And I, I'm, I never thought I'd be a feller that relied on a phone very much. And sure, I've been in a lot of places where you don't have signal for five and a half weeks, and sometimes <laughs> that's a blessing. But 
the camera only things are remarkable. Yeah, really amazing. The the photographs give you a sense of what ranch life is like and the joy that comes from families and friends gathering together over a meal. I, I mean, to see these beautiful photographs of, of the horses and the cowboys uh, really, I felt, took me to that place where, you know, you were cooking a, a pasture and pond and jacked up peaches. We wanted everybody, if they bought this cookbook, well, both of them, but uh, especially this last one, whether you cooked a recipe out of there or not, it made you feel like when you opened the book, whether you shared through the stories or the pictures, that you were there. You know, mm-hmm. we said in the intro, it's uh, you sort of like a Norman Rockwell painting where we're going to take you back through all that. Yeah. And uh, it's a slower time, a slower pace, but it's always been simple, you know, and we try to serve cowboys really good. They were the greatest experimentation I ever had in my life because when you're 70 miles from the nearest eating joint or town, uh, they ain't got nowhere else to go. Uh, so you figure out what they like, and when you come back with a clean plate and they get seconds and thirds, well, you know it's a keeper. Yeah, no doubt. And so many of the recipes were sort of trial and error, right? I, I've gone page yeah. by page and, and slobbered on all the, the pages, um, but I, I started it at breakfast in Faith, Family, and the Feast, and I thought, did you, Kent Rollins, really make Benedict? I did, you know, it, it sort of changed... Uh, I was in, in fact, I was in New York City the first time I ever had eggs Benedict. Shan was telling me I always need to broaden my palate, and to me, a palate was always something you stack something on. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, it's a thing that I really liked, and I told her, I said, someday I'm going to create my own version of that, which is a, a soft-boiled egg wrapped in dough and then fried, and then you have this great lemon sauce that goes on top of it, and Uh, we have it here about once a month just for a special occasion. Yeah, I love it. I love that it's your twist, of course, and it's not the traditional per se, right? Uh, You you have found a way, because when you talk about being so far away from, you know, civilization per se, you find a way to make it work. And I, I think it's such a grand lesson for all of us. And especially right now, right? I think we're being more experimental in the kitchen uh, by force alone, because we might've had to substitute ingredients or cook from the pantry as we shelter at home safer. And I will say it's brought out the best in so many great cooks, but I think of you and Chuck Wagon cooking that way. If you run out of something or you need to improvise in some way, you've often told me over the years that that dish turned out better than you ever could have imagined. It will, you know, at times I've been places and, um, you get to think, you know, I run off and forgot this, or somebody didn't bring it to me from headquarters, so what are you going to use? And you find out what blends together that you might not thought would, thought would work at all. Mm. You know, when we made the, the roasted root beer caramelized potatoes and onions, um, mm. I didn't know that it would work, but I'm thinking, I'm going to give it a try. And them cowboys eat everything we put on the plate that day, but they did ask for that again. So I knew it was something that was a keeper, and... Uh, You never know what you're going to get till you just experiment a little. Okay, that was one of the recipes I rabbit-eared on both sides of the page, Kent, to make. Kent, I can't let you go. I love when we catch up. Will you please stay with us so we can take a quick break, come back, and talk more chuck wagon cooking? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. I would love it. Kent Rollins is here. He is truly the ultimate 
Cowboy Cook. And the new book just released will bring not only delicious dishes to your table, but heart and warmth to your soul. It's called Faith, Family, and the Feast with recipes to feed your crew from the grill garden and iron skillet. Don't go away. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. More after this. We're back and we're dishing Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio, passing on the blessings from living in a small rural cowboy community, the food, the stories, the feeling of a happy heart, as Kent Rollins calls it. The new book release, Faith, Family, and the Feast. I have to tell you, this is one you will treasure for a very long time. Kent Rollins grew up ranching, began cooking for cattle ranches in 1993 from an 1876 Studebaker chuck wagon. And I had the privilege of meeting him in 1996, and I'm proud to call him my friend. Along with Kent uh, Shannon, his wife, Uh, They have a YouTube channel with almost a million subscribers, just to give you an idea of how truly fabulous his food is. And we're continuing the culinary conversation. Kent, can you talk cast iron, please? Because there's not much you don't do in cast iron. It's it's very beloved to you, right? And there's a, a really, I think, important and wonderful piece in the book where you talk about caring for cast iron, seasoning it, uh, how how to hold on to it, essentially. It is probably the thing that uh, has graced uh, my family, and I hope for for years to come, is, is uh, there's always been cast iron. Yeah. Uh, I've never known another skillet ever set foot in my house or in my camp. And hmm. uh, we Amazing. did, uh, since we talked last, Jamie, and set this up, we did go over a million subscribers. I think that we have a million 200,000. Congratulations. So we, well deserved. We thank, we thank all the people for watching, but we have a large cast iron crowd that goes with us. And uh, it is one of the things, cast iron, when people think about it, they think, oh, that's sort of an in, intimidating thing. You have to take care of it. You have to do this. You have to do that. First of all, you need to know that it is an investment. Yes. The more you put into it, the more you're going to get back out of it. And you'll never wear it out. It'll outlive every one of us if we take care of it. And I always just season mine. I mean, start with mine really good and clean. If it's a brand new skillet, uh, I give it a scrubbing with good soap and water and then rinse it out really well. Uh, set it on a heat source to where it gets good and dry. Smart. And uh, then I begin to season. I'll preheat the oven to about 350 to 375. And I really have become a fan of avocado oil here at late. I've always used grapeseed because it had a high smoke point and builds up a great foundation in cast iron. But usually bake it in the oven that way after you put uh, a little dab of oil in it. don't take much. A lot of people over-season, and they get a gummy mess when they start. Uh, so wipe out that excess, slap it in that oven, let it go for about an hour, turn it off, let it come to room temperature. And I'll usually do this three times before I ever start to use it. And then I try to deep fry it, whether it's uh, fried potatoes or something like that, because it's really good on new iron if you can deep fry something in it. Very smart. And then how often do you repeat that process to maintain your cast iron? 
after I get it seasoned well, every time I use it, I reseason. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you cook something in it, I immediately clean it right then when I'm finished. It'll always clean easier, and usually that's just with hot water and a soft bristle brush. Put it back on that burner and uh, let, it, let it get hot and make sure that it's good and dry. Uh, put your little dab of oil in there, and right when that oil begins to smoke, just turn it off, wipe it down good, and you're good to go. People mm. say, how many times do you re-season? I said, every time I use it. Every and time. Get that good glossy black finish. And yeah. every skillet I got, you can slide egg out of. Every skillet you got is worth gold, Kent. Yeah. Yeah. It's been around. You know, I have some pieces that were my mother's and my great-grandmother's, and some of them I don't cook in anymore, but I have some of the old collectible stuff that is, mm. I mean, it is... Uh, I don't think you even have to know how to cook. You can just put it on the stove and put something in it, and it'll do the rest. Yeah, and it tastes good, right? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I know that Shannon is the love of your life, and uh, she's an honorary Okie, right? She grew up in yeah. Nevada and moved to Oklahoma. And I love at the start of the book where she talks about these Southern sayings that she's had to learn their translations after years of being married to an Okie. So now she understands your language, right? So (laughs) if, if you say, I just have to cover a couple of them because we could all use a good, a good giggle right now. Uh, If, if you say, um, I'm hungrier than a one winged chicken hawk. She knows that you meant, I haven't had a thing to eat all day and I'm famished. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is true. And, uh, uh, you know, she came, she came up with a lot of them. She'd say, I don't know what you're, what do you mean by that when you say it takes a big dog to weigh a ton? I said, that's near an impossible task to complete. <laughs> right. and, uh, I love that she's translating. Uh, if you say, skirt alert, better put a rock in your pocket. She knows that the wind is picking up, right? You, you don't want to get blown That's away. Right. Yes, and yep. that happens often in Oklahoma. Oh, it does that. It's blowing 40 mile an hour today. If, you know, on a calm day, we'll have a 20 mile an hour breeze. A breeze, so, uh, sure. always a skirt alert. Yeah, you got you to gotta hold on to your hat. I cannot wait to make the chicken tater tot casserole. Maybe it's because your grandkids love it. You know, when uh, we always cook something every day, whether we're working on a new recipe or a video uh, and it never fails. Uh, them hmm. grandkids show up every day to see what might have happened or what might have come out of a Dutch oven. Yep. And when we went to making the chicken tater tot casserole, now they uh, they said, you're, you're going to make this some more, aren't you? And I said, well, I'm not going to make any more of it today. Well, we didn't get enough. And I said, well, here's you the recipe. Go see what you can find out. <laughs> but that's how I always know it's good from cowboys to grandkids is when the plate is clean and when they want more. Oh, for sure. And then before I let you go, talk about Shannon's banana bread, please. Because, you know, as we've all been home, banana bread has been trending, right? Your bananas got overripe. Everybody has a signature yep. recipe. She makes a brown sugar banana bread. I can't wait to try. And I think her secret ingredient, if we asked her... She might say cream cheese. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the, the cream cheese in there gives it such a, to me, a lot more moisture, but also makes it really fluffy. Hmm. And uh, when she blended that in there and then she puts a good brown sugar crumble on top, uh, we buy bananas just to let them go bad so we can make it. Uh, because it, it is something that we take to a lot of people, hmm. uh, you know, if they've, had an illness in the family or you just want to help somebody out 
that brown sugar banana bread is one that always goes. Now, I think most of your recipes fall under heartwarming, Kent, and it has been way too long. And I am so grateful to be able to hear your voice again, to talk to you, to feel your warmth. The book is so much from the heart. And congratulations and kudos to you and Shannon, of course, for releasing um, another treasure trove of recipes from the Open Plains. Uh, These are uh, cowboy cook recipes that are tried and true and much loved, and you've shared them for all of our homes, and um, for that we are grateful. Well, Jane no Adams, doubt. I, I thank you, honey, mm, so much. Thank you. Uh, and I want you to give that new little one a hug for me. I will. Uh, one of these <laughs> days I'm going to get out there and uh, I'll cook you supper. I, I'll, we appreciate the listeners just taking time. Uh, you know, you've always been a been a friend ever since I met you in 96. And it's a long just, time. Uh, honored to be a part of your show. Now I'm proud to call you my friend. Thank you. There is a place where family values are sacred and community ties are strong. And I will tell you that is anywhere that Kent Rollins hangs his hat with beautiful personal stories, a spiritual journey, and family recipes strewn throughout. The stars of the YouTube channel, Kent Rollins Cowboy Cooking, are serving up spins on Southern and Western favorites in their new cookbook release. Please order it now. It's called Faith, Family, and the Feast, Recipes to Feed Your Crew from the Grill, Garden, and Iron Skillet. It is written by Kent and Shannon Rollins, and you can learn more at kentrollins.com and follow him, of course, on social at the same. Kent, I send you big love. Uh, Please give Shannon a hug for me, and I really do hope that our paths cross again soon. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you. Give that little one a squeeze for me. Okay, you got it. You stay healthy and well, please. All right. All right. And God bless you. And God bless you. We do have extraordinary friends on this show and the best culinary thinkers. And I will tell you, there is nothing better than lifelong friendships that are so much surrounded by true, fabulous food. That is Kent Rollins, no doubt. There's more right after this in your radio to really, truly feed your soul. Be right back. Get your sweet tooth ready. We're back. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. With baking on the rise, they're calling it COVID baking. Sweet treats are the star in so many kitchens of late. 
As we navigate uncertain times, baking and cooking has brought me joy, and I'm sure you as well. So I have new inspiration for you. Angela Gabbitz is the owner of Goldenrod Pastries, called one of the most innovative women in food and drink by food and wine. She comes from Lincoln, Nebraska, trained in New York, and then returned home to open the bakery of her dreams. It is a beautiful bake shop, and she's divulging her best recipes. Her newest cookbook, entitled Perfectly Golden, has just released. And the beauty of it is that Angela makes baking easy and fun, dairy-free and gluten-free. But the recipes are all adaptable. Perfectly Golden is made up of sweet, simple treats that can be gluten-free when it matters, or dairy-free if you need, or vegan if you like. So she has stopped by to dish, and I am delighted. Angela, are you healthy and safe today? I hope so. I am, yeah. I'm very lucky to be here in Lincoln, Nebraska, and very safe, very healthy, and good. running my business as I can right now. Yeah, good for you, uh, and kudos to you. The book is beautiful, and I will tell you, as my listeners know, I am uh, neither gluten-free, dairy-free, uh, or vegan, to, uh, to let you know, but I have to tell you, I cannot wait to make a batch of your cinnamon rolls. This is a a very inspired, elevated cookbook. And I would love for you to share a bit of your background and really your motivation, your philosophy when it comes to baking. I love that you went back home. Yeah, so I was trained, like you said, in New York in French pastry, and I'd been baking my whole life. And when in 2013, I really realized that I couldn't eat dairy anymore, Mm. I knew that I had to find a way to bake for myself and make the things that I love to eat. And so I started a blog, Goldenrod Pastries was the name of the blog, and I started making recipes, sharing recipes about the dairy-free food that I was making. And pretty soon after, people started contacting me through social media and through the website and saying, hey, I'm not dairy-free, but I'm 35 years old and I have celiacs and I haven't been able to eat a donut since I was six years old. Can you help me? And it just kept coming and I realized there was this whole group of people that were being left out of the food conversation. And so I really made it a goal with the opening of my bakery and with writing this cookbook to make pastries and food just a little bit more inclusive. And good for you. You've done that. And I have to tell you, I didn't feel shut out by reading the book either. You embrace butter for those of us that do, right? Of course. Butter is delicious. If you can eat it, that's great. Well, just so you know, I eat my share for you and me. <laughs> <laughs> and you you really do... Uh, believe that baking is adaptable. And I think for so long, we've been, you know, sort of ground into this idea that it's a science and exact measuring makes it uh, so very exacting. And I I see there is a silver lining in um, this sheltering at home time and this pandemic. I think that great cooks and bakers alike are sort of stepping outside the box and their usual boundaries, let's say, and trying new things to realize that there is a lot more doable than some of us might have thought. And I think that's so true. And it's so cool to see some of my friends and people who I follow online who have not baked before, spent much time in the kitchen. And my friends are messaging me and saying, hey, I'm making this recipe, but I don't really know how to do it. And I'm like, okay, Hmm. well, why don't you show me a video or send me a picture of what you're making and we can talk through it. And 
I think for to see people experiencing success in the kitchen for one of the first times in their lives yes. is so cool. Yeah. Once you experience that success, you build confidence in the kitchen. Exactly. It's very motivating. So you say you do you. Explain the key before we dig into the recipes, please. Yeah, so for each recipe, there's a little key at the top of the page that says, you do you, and it lists off, it has a little checklist for you, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, and traditional. And so however the recipe can be adapted, those little boxes will be checked for you. And as a dairy-free person, when I'm going through a cookbook, I want to quickly be able to look through and say, okay, is this recipe for me? Is it something I can make? And instead of having to go through the whole ingredient list and the recipe itself, you can quickly look at this key and see if that recipe works for you. Thank you for sharing your insights, your passion, and your inspiration. The book is really beautiful, and kudos to you. You are being touted as the future of pastry, a talent of uh, a mix, rather, of talent, diligence, and compassion. Um, the beauty of the book shines through, Angela, in what you do. And uh, so I wish you continued success. And I will be baking from Perfectly Golden. So thank you for sharing. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. I really appreciate it. Yes, of course. Uh, every modern home baker should have an opportunity to create a joyful collection of treats, no matter how you eat and how you bake. So sharing her best recipes is Angela Garbitz, the owner of Goldenrod Pastries from the blog of the same name. In Lincoln, Nebraska, she is the hit. And across the country, she is becoming the pastry diva. Check it out. The book is called Perfectly Golden, already high rated on Amazon and available uh, just about everywhere now. You can also follow her sweet treats at Goldenrod Pastries. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of delicious conversation. If you're hungry for more, check out chefjamie.com. You'll also find my newest e-cookbook available at chefjamie.kitchen, where all proceeds are going to COVID-19 relief. I thank you for supporting, but don't go yet. I'll leave you with my last bite for the hour, my last ounce or tidbit of gastronomic conversation here. It's a zesty salmon foil packet recipe that I love. You can use any fish that you might have, fresh or frozen, whatever you could get. But know that you are making a truly healthy, delicious dish in just minutes that is super simple with lots of zesty goodness. How do you make it? Well, you take the salmon fillets and you place one in each of the aluminum foil squares that you've cut, right? I like to put some baby spinach leaves or some sort of green on the bottom. And then I combine, and here's the secret, some jarred salsa with honey, soy sauce, and lime juice. And I spoon it over the top of the salmon filet. Then you seal the packets and you bake them at 400 degrees. You could air fry them too. About 15 minutes in the oven. I'm going to post my zesty salmon foil packet recipe on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. I will thank you once again for listening. I'm grateful you're here, and I'm truly blessed to be able to bring some culinary sanity to our lives every weekend, so please continue to tune in. Podcasts are under Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen on iTunes, and I will meet you here next weekend when there is lots more fabulous food promised in your radio. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off. I hope you continue to eat well, stay healthy, and safe.